Oh, wait, who's hosting this mess? Is it my job again? Because I missed last week. Yep, you signed yourself up. Yeah, you go. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to The Outsiders, the internet's number one podcast hosted by three white dudes from Silicon, not from Silicon Valley. Is that right? Is that that appropriate? He's like Silicon East. (laughs) Silicon Valley adjacent. (laughs) Silicon Valley. Chris lives like. But with farmland. Yeah. Chris lives like the opposite of whatever Chili's life is. That's what I think. I think secretly Chris is going to like all kinds of baller. What's the name of that weird society that all the Silicon Valley people go to where you like go dance around a goat head in a forest? You know what I'm talking I've, about. I've asked you to stop talking about our Illuminati parties on the pod like 10 times. How does this keep <laughs> happening? Uh, I wanted to write a thread actually on Twitter. It's like, Here's how I managed to hobnob with the rich and famous. And I'm like, the, the next tweet is like, I have no idea. I get really weird when I hang around rich and famous people. Yep. <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Speaking of rich and famous people, Alex, what what are we talking about today? We are talking about the one and only currently being uh, under testimony with the with the U.S. Congress, TikTok, our favorite app, the one that feeds Michael videos and videos of women in bikinis and he can't stop watching them for hours. We need to ban it just to save Michael's marriage. (laughs) First of all, my wife listens to this, so it's on the tip, A. Actually, I don't think she likes it yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, No, actually, I've trained TikTok to where it's not fun anymore. Have I told you about this? Yeah, you've trained it into uh, the whole Spanish tutoring. We talk about this like every other episode, how it's not. Okay, so here's where it is now. Here's where it is now. Evidently, it has figured out my behavior. So, you know, initially on all these social media apps, Instagram, whatever, it figures out I'm a married man in his late 40s, heterosexual, right? In theory, it may change in the future, but that's where things are right now. And like, and so they all start showing me scantily clad women in bikinis. That's where it all ends up. Then my strategy was to go to TikTok and say, okay, I'm a trained TikTok to make it part of my Spanish learning adventure, which turned out great. Would you like to know where it's ended up now in the last two weeks since we talked about it last? It now shows me hot Spanish women teaching me Sp- <laughs> teaching the Spanish language. I was like, wait, why are there no unattractive tutors on TikTok anymore? This is so weird. No, it turns out it's just me. And wow. now it's gorgeous model looking women who teach me Spanish, which, you know, I guess if you're going to end up in a certain place, like, uh, I'm fine with it. It's a full loop. That's good. <laughs> I was just talking to a friend who said that he like, clicked on a video, an outtake of The Sopranos. And for like nine days, he was just in like mafia TikTok. Like there was no way out of it. He kept clicking on just like a dog eating green beans and like a picture of a horse and like the girl video. But like the algorithm will not let you escape for at least a week. Once you go deep on something, you are trapped for at least seven days. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So let's talk about this because today's episode is why we should or should not ban TikTok. And this is the exact reason why we should is because the CCP is controlling the content that it wants US American consumers to consume and see. And so you have 150 million people using this app every single day. And the uh, and China can totally control what content is being served and manipulate um, voting sentiment consumer trends. There's a reason why this app does not exist in China, and it is because it is bad for you as a person to consume TikTok. Well, supposedly TikTok, the CEO got interviewed. By the way, this was not a good person to send in front of Congress. Like, 
Like, have they learned anything? Like, like go at least go hire some stooge that looks like he's from America. This guy, like, he's from Singapore. Like, not a good idea. But anyway, I want to know, and Alex is my fellow Texan, they have a project to take all of the American data and bring it out of the servers in China and put it in the U.S. Why did they call their... Uh, their project, Project Texas. Like, what did <laughs> we have know. to do with this? Like, I'm know. like, why is this my fault? I think it's not, no, not us. Here's my working theory is that if you are not from the U.S. and you've never lived here and you don't understand U.S. culture, your interpretation of the U.S. is guns and freedom of speech and more guns and barbecue. And like, what better exemplifies that sentiment of America than Texas? And so they're in their head, they're probably like, wow, this is some incredible branding. We're going to call this Project Texas. It's going to resonate with everyone. Meanwhile, over here in Austin, we're as fucking liberal as San Francisco. So like, it's a good thing they didn't call it Project Austin, Texas. It probably would have not resonated with Congress as much, but <laughs> they called it Project Texas, I think, because it had that like stamp of approval USA truck uh truck nuts on the truck and uh but i don't think it landed like that <laughs> by the way the truck nuts <laughs> thing is so weird and it's such a bougie <laughs> thing and then like i need you guys advice by the way i'm a mountain biker and one of the other guys showed up with you're gonna put truck nuts, nuts on, <laughs> That's a on thing. the back of his bike and i'm like behind this guy i'm like dude like i don't want to see that like that's just I'm like buying you truck nuts for your mountain bike when like somebody well could you imagine being in China and working in the factory where they make bike nuts and you have to go home and explain to your wife what you do? I saw croc I saw croc nuts the other day. They're like the little like dangly things that you put in like the space in the crocs and they like swing from your toes as you're walking. That's a real thing. <laughs> well, likely the uh, average factory worker in China is a bit too young to understand what truck nuts are anyway. So don't know if it's as big of a problem as you might think. Did you so did you guys watch? Have you guys seen this this TikTok Senate hearing? It's incredible, by the way. I mean, I've it's only crazy. seen clips of it, but it's like 85-year-old senator going, you know, reading off of a sheet of paper where it's like, so my understanding here is um, the, the, <laughs> the semiconductors, okay, the semiconductors and in into the, the hardware, the, the hardware back to the seven it's like what are you even talking about what are you even talking about it's incredible my favorite one was the guy from south carolina or north carolina or something and he goes does tiktok need your home wi-fi connection does it connect to the home wi-fi and the guy i forgot his name who's who's the ceo of tiktok he's like well, yes, it's how you get online. Like we have to connect to your to your home internet. And he's like, but do you connect to the home Wi-Fi? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you actually connect to the Wi-Fi? And he's like, no, we do. And I think what he was trying to say was like, do you sniff traffic that comes through your home Wi-Fi from other sites and devices? But he's like, do you connect to your home Wi-Fi? And it's like, yeah, how else the fuck do you get online? Like, do you connect to AT&T when you have a cell phone? Yeah, I think we should just call the CEO of TikTok, Tim TikTok, just pull a Trump and just call him like Tim Apple, <laughs> but Tim, Tim TikTok, that'll just be easier for this episode. Is that his name? Uh, no, it's like well, show Z Let's go around the horn. Yeah. Let's go around the horn. So Alex already came out and said we should ban the thing. 100%. And, well, I think you you decided to ban the thing from a populism stance. Is that that's where you're coming from? No, I think I think that they have done, and we can get into all the bad shit they've done. They spy on people, they track your geolocation, they bypass Apple and Google uh, security rules and preferences. Like, 
they are not a great company under the hood. And all this data is supposedly not being fed back to Chinese officials. But how do you know? Like, how do you actually know that there's a separation of church and state between ByteDance and the TikTok US corporation? And even if they say, oh, well, we don't, you know, we don't work with them directly, there will just happen to be a backdoor access to a server that someone in China accidentally got because someone accidentally left it open. Like, there's no way to 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 keep that separation of TikTok remains a company that's a subsidiary of ByteDance. All right, Chris and Chris, where are you? You're pro TikTok, aren't you? Tick, I think it, were you going to take the TikTok? A. TikTok Smith is great. Americans are the problem. Okay, let's dive into this. <laughs> oh, right? You know, okay, first of all, first of all, this. TikTok has done more for American innovation within Fang companies than almost any other company over the last five years. If it weren't for TikTok who's created this like short form video that has gone insanely viral, that has racked up users faster than I think almost any other consumer platform ever created over the last year. If it weren't for that, how fast would YouTube have innovated on shorts? How fast would Meta be doubling down on their like Instagram experiments, right? So I think you have this thing that Americans hate uh, that probably is bad, but the answer is I just don't think it's ever going to get banned. And so if Americans don't like it, then they should not download it. Like I think one of the reasons that I have that I don't have a problem with TikTok is I've never downloaded it. I've never used it. And so if you don't like a thing, just don't use it. It's it's that simple. I don't agree. I do not agree with that take. Okay. Because here's the thing. That's like saying bank depositors should be able to underwrite the bank before they put money in the bank. Like you as a as a consumer have no idea what goes under the hood and what's in the code base at TikTok even if you like the content. And so at some point similar to how cigarettes were a thing for a long time, the government has to step in and say, this is unhealthy for you and this is killing people and this is bad. And they are the ones who have to do that. Is the, that is the point of having a government who's supposed to do that diligence and understand if something is a risk. Because I might, I also like YouTube shorts and I like Instagram reels, but I have no idea what they're doing with the data under the hood. I have no idea what Zuck is doing with all of the Instagram data that they collect. And so if the government finds out that Zuck is selling that data back to China, I would hope that they step in and do a similar thing. But it's not my job as a consumer to go and investigate a fang company and understand the, what they're the, actually The doing. Chinese arm of TikTok has billions of data points that they're collecting on Americans. There's no doubt about that. And the government's probably using that data. And you know what the data tells them? That certain people enjoy watching hot women speak Spanish to them. That's the data point. Ola. That's that's the data point, <laughs> right? Like K Tal. Ola, K Pasta. That's not just that's not that's not the <laughs> only data. Senor. What's admit, what's admit, what's the concerning admitted, data then? They admitted to spying on journalists when leaks were coming out of TikTok and they looked at journalist data to understand who was behind the leak and who they were talking to, and they were infringing. They, they were like actually spying on journalists. And so they get your geolocation data, they get all your preferences. And so if they know, because you have the, the app on your phone where you're going to, where you're going from, where you work, where you live, that is data that the Chinese government should not have access to because if 150 million people are using it, that's one out of every two government workers. That's one out of every two uh, important people in the country. And so that's the data. I mean, sure, like if it was a US company and the NSA and the CIA had access to your data, they already have it. So who gives a shit? It's the US. But like for China to have access is the bad thing here. As a journalist myself a who reports on dozens of fake news stories every week, well, I make up news stories every week on Twitter. 
Just don't put it on your phone. Again, it goes back to they're just dumb for doing that. They're dumb. The journalists that did that are dumb. And also, I don't think I, I don't know enough about this like journalistic, you know, spying story. But I just I don't believe that like was was national security really compromised because some like New York Post reporter had TikTok on her phone and like they understood like where she was. I don't think so. Take it off your phone if you don't like it. Hi, I'm Ryan Dickerson, founder and executive career coach at Good Fit Careers. I help directors, vice presidents, and C-level professionals prepare to transition into new jobs that are a good fit for them. Have you been with the same company for several years and want to be ready for new opportunities that might come your way? Or perhaps you're feeling stuck at your current company despite performing well and you want to proactively change your situation. The Good Fit Formula is a seven-session, one-on-one career transitions program designed to guide and prepare you as you make this change. Together, we'll establish a clear direction for your search. We will build compelling professional positioning, establish an actionable go-to-market strategy, and we will hone your interview skills so that you can perform well in a competitive marketplace. From there, we'll work through opportunity evaluation and total rewards negotiations to ensure that you can close the deal without leaving anything on the table. If this sounds like something you might benefit from, visit goodfitcareers.com today and sign up for a free consultation to start your journey towards a new job that is truly a good fit for you. Don't worry, be ready. By the way, did you guys look at the um, the the firm that bought Pornhub? Yeah. Like, it's just like the most scammy looking thing ever. It's like this Ethical firm literally exists, should, like a bodybuilder. We should maybe like cover it on like Monday or Tuesday. I read like, a, did you see the thread that was um, that was pretty straightforward about why uh, why the entire thing is tax fraud? Like uh, no. basically that like the, if you actually look at this firm, they were registered like a year ago. Um, they allegedly have like two major LPs or something. And so somebody somebody basically said that uh, the founders probably like created this like private equity company. And for some reason, I didn't read the full thread, but there was like some like tax reasons why they would like sell the company in this way to minimize like losses versus like going or minimize uh uh, tax burden versus like taking the company public, which it would have been impossible to take the company public. Um, but basically, like they sold the company back to themselves, and uh, and like everybody, like there there were there were in the comments there were uh, nobody was refuting this theory. Everybody was like, oh yeah, like actually, and I found this other thing that sort of supports that theory. So there you go. <laughs> wow. I mean, it comes back to and Chris and Chris and Alex, we've talked about this like. I could make so much money if I had low ethical standards and moral standards. Like I could just do so much better in life. Yeah. So that's all we I know about that. We missed out in the last two years of being grifters. I'm just waiting for the moment actually for somebody to figure out how to use chat GPT three to write prompts for chat GPT four mm. to then create automated NFTs for people. Like, I think that's what we need for the full circle of grift. Chris, you can use that for one of your well-written posts over the weekend yep. that will get a million likes while I sit in my dark room by myself <laughs> writing I thought you were gonna threads say, about cash flow. I thought you were going to say chat GPT 3 to write th prompts for chat GPT 4 to create That's chat GPT that was going. 5. Yep. Yeah. Just, just one up open AI <laughs> and use their own AI to develop faster than they can develop. It's pretty good. Mm, that's why you guys are the pros. That's why the you guys, pros at grifting? But, but like... 
I mean, I think the things, the common theme with everything coming out of chat GPT-4 and GPT-3 is it'll give you stuff, but nothing that you're going to bet your life on. Like, so many of these things is like marketing blogs, like weird Chrome plugins, like, yeah, it'll make your life better, but still nobody trusts it to like do something that's like super dependable, you know? Like, would you trust it to build a financial model? No. Would you trust yeah. it to do anything... That's it's gonna be accurate. Okay. okay, I've met enough CFOs that I would trust ChatGPT over some of these. CFOs, yeah, I was gonna say. So. I mean, I I, I work <laughs> oh. at a venture-backed company. I don't even know what a financial model is, but it can't be that hard, right? You know, you just <laughs> probably better than whatever we're coming well, up with. So I I posted this in the group chat today, actually, after they launched their integrations. I don't know if you saw OpenAI launched integrations in ChatGPT four, and I was like, someone's going to build, or NetSuite's going to launch their. Chat GPT four integration, and they're going to replace CFOs because you're just going to ask Chat GPT, "Hey, how are my cash flows looking this month, and what what do we project for next month?" And it's going to go figure out all the all the NetSuite models and inflows, and maybe go look at your Snowflake database way faster than a human will, and it'll be like, "Oh, you're uh, you're you're actually predicted to lose money next month. Like, here's ten marketing things that you can do to increase sales." Like, that's going to be the full loop, and it's going to sit in the middle of of uh, professionals and then their tools. Here's the other thing that's going to change is I, I had, I was in a board meeting this morning with a, with a company and they're doing this already based on things that were on Twitter this morning, which is Zapier has integrated with chat GPT four, right? So you can do these zaps that will automatically go and send emails on your behalf, <laughs> answer emails, all this stuff, update your CRM. So like they are, they are, they have gotten sick of cold emailing, mass emailing, and they've been having people write custom emails and do, they'll do 20 or 30 per day. Uh, they are going straight running an experiment this week to send customized, suggestive emails, customized mm. to you, the sender that are automated, that come straight from chat GPT four. It's like, pick this person and send them in this idea and go from there and send them at least an idea that's good enough for them to take a meeting with us. And uh, hmm. like, it is just a matter of time until Alex, your bot and my bot are recording a podcast together and we're off doing nothing. Like you could just see how this keeps going. The, e the bots are going to start emailing each other and then pretty soon they're going to do their own podcast. And then we'll have <laughs> other people's perfect. bots listen to the podcast. I like, I like that you included you and Alex because you know that I'm not smart enough to make my own bot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. By then, by then you're going to be on an island somewhere with Palmer Lucky designing like new intercontinental ballistic, ballistic missiles. Like that's how this is going to be. We know you're I'm totally not. Me doing and Alex that are today, going like this, Chris, up and to the right. You're going straight up. I appreciate that's that. Are we? Works. Are we off? Uh, now are we finished with the TikTok topic oh. now? Or are we can I make my girly galaxy brain moment about ChatGPT? Yeah. So I mean, look. I think, I think Alex, I think people are going to go get junk food information no matter what. So I'm with Chris on that. Like it's a, it's an American problem. I'm going to come at it and say that that business needs to get divested from China solely for the one reason of we need to have fair markets with China and they have been taking advantage of America for way too long. And they need to open up our market to their markets to social apps that come from America. They need to open up their market to our goods. They, never they need to, it needs to be a two way street. And this is just like, okay, well, cool. You don't want to let Google in? Great. You can't bring TikTok here. That's just the yeah, way it works. So that's my sole argument for it, besides the whole like controlling the populace thing. But like, that'll happen no matter what. But like, that's that's my big argument for it is like, we got to stop this imbalance with China. It's got to be fair for our stuff to go their way and their stuff, just like their stuff gets to come our way. So that's my argument for it. For, it needs to be divesting, but not banned. 
I don't see why we allow them to do business here when we're not allowed to do business there. And they're making like 18 to $20 billion a year off of ad sales, allegedly, here in the US alone because of how many people use the damn app. Who, who, who wins? Who wins if they, um, if they do get banned? Again, I think a band seems unlucky, but is it is is shorts better or like Instagram reels or is there is it going to be like a third party app? I wonder. No, Nikita's going to come out with another social app. Well, we know that that's (laughs) going to be like rating your friends. So that's not going to have anything to do with this. Uh, maybe Twitter, you know, Twitter could relaunch Vine and, uh, maybe compete that, that could be Elon's secret weapon here. Uh, but then they'll probably force him to stop making Teslas in China. So I don't know how you play that, that level of chess, but I think a third party will arise out of TikTok's ashes if they get banned. I don't think it's going to be reels or shorts or whatever Facebook has in their garbage newsfeed. Have you ever gone through the videos on Facebook recommended? Can videos? you imagine twelve-year-olds like, just like going back to Facebook and going through like the the no. Facebook reels or whatever? It won't happen. Jack arises from the dead. But I I think um, like Facebook. I've gone on. You know, I use it for marketplace almost exclusively in a few Facebook groups. And sometimes I'll accidentally end up in their video feed, and it is terrible. Like you have to when you see what Facebook video feed is, and then you go look at the quality of TikTok's curated feed. You have to admit. The TikTok engineers have done a really good job designing the algorithm and the app to be truly addicting and have good content. Facebook is a dumpster fire, and a lot of it's just repurposed from TikTok anyway. It's terrible. So that's why I don't think they'll win, because they've just copied TikTok for the last three. I mean, you said this earlier, Chris, like without TikTok, shorts and reels and Facebook and all these apps would have never had any intention of building short form video content like this. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a pretty high double digit percentage. I remember in the last uh, Instagram Reels update, I I think it was it was probably like uh, 30 or 40 percent, they said, of all Reels content uh, originally is uploaded on TikTok and then ported over to Reels. So, I mean, if even if it's like 25 percent of their content, that's still a massive amount at scale. Um, And obviously they're trying to get more creators to, you know, put stuff on Instagram directly, but it's, it's, uh, it's challenging if the audience is on TikTok today. Yeah. Michael, do you think, given your big galaxy brain, that the Tide Pod Where's challenge the would have existed without TikTok? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. For those of you at home, we have a, we have a whole media. There you go. That Thanks. Was this was Riverside. By the way, we should work on plan B. There's no way Riverside survives 2023. Like how they, they're building this many features and they have like 300 customers and it's $29 a month. Like, I just don't understand it. No. This is a zero interest rate phenomenon. It's a great app. But do you think the, uh, the Tide Pod challenge would have existed where kids were like eating Tide Pods because they look like candy without TikTok? Wasn't that a TikTok thing? <laughs> I don't know. You I think teenagers. you're backing up Chris's point here that it's, there's junk food information everywhere because Americans love to consume it just like they love to consume junk food because you can't even figure out where the junk food came from in this case. I thought Tide Pods came from from Instagram. Well, let's find out. <laughs> See, you have to Google it. That's the problem. Oh, shit. It was 2012 to 2013. It was that long ago. The Tide Pod challenge was 10 years. Oh, no, it was 2018. Teens are daring each other to eat Tide Pods. The Girdley family wants to tell you that's a bad idea. <laughs> That you shouldn't eat, like, <laughs> chemicals? Uh, look, we're already doing that. It's in every single bit of food you eat. Every time you go to Cheesecake Factory, what do you think that stuff comes in? Come it comes from Tide Pods. 
<laughs> they make they cook they cook the French fries in Tide Pods in the back. <laughs> That's right. Holy so shit! In 2012 and 2013, an average of one child was admitted to the hospital every day as a result of eating Tide Pods. That's a lot of Tide Pods. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you are underestimating how many people go to the hospital each day. Like, have you been to the hospital recently? I have. I got admitted in December for a GI issue, and I spent a day there. And like, they just cook you through like a machine. They had like, it was like, just like a random hospital here in San Antonio near my house. And they had 70 beds in the ER. So I think we all underestimate how many people there are. So one person a day getting admitted for Tide Pods, not a big deal. So in 2018 is when it surged in popularity, um, the Tide Pod Challenge. And it doesn't say where it originated from, but it does say that many of these videos were posted on YouTube and some of the teens had cooked the pods before eating them, which I think I'm not a, I'm not a scientist or a chemist, but wouldn't that just be soapy water? <laughs> like if you cook a Tide Pod, it just disintegrates into the water. Yeah, I think so. You're just drinking soap water. Uh, oh man. Um, see, yeah, yeah, it was YouTube and Facebook actually. Back to my point. No, I mean, we are. We are. I agree. I just think, like, if we're going to consume shitty content, can it just be an American company that gives us the shitty I content? I thought if you were going to say, if 100%. we're going to consume shitty content, why can't it be Tide Pods? And I was like, well, you <laughs> can always consume those. It's just pretty, not recommended. You pretty much can. Pretty much can. All right. So do we have agreement on this? I guess, uh, did we, or did we change your mind, Chris? Or what do you think? You don't think it should be divested? Do you have a soundtrack for while he's thinking? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I agree that China is going to ban all of our major platforms from Google to YouTube to Facebook to Twitter, that it is unfair that we are, um, you know, uh, letting them get all of this revenue and all of this attention. But um, yeah, I guess I just don't care that much. I mean, sure. Like, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. But I, I just, I feel like the actual problem here is that we have people who are spending tons and tons and tons of hours per day, uh, you know, consuming this content. So I think my point is, I, I actually, I don't care about like the tracking and the data issues and the spying because Gmail is spying on you. Like Google as an entity is spying on you through Gmail to train yeah. Bard. Uh, open AI is like crawling the internet and everything that you're doing to train there. Like all of these companies are spying on you. And we talked about this in our group chat before. It's just like, nobody cares about the spying piece. I, I think I'm uncompelled by that. Um, I do think that the, that it's a massive problem having people sit on their phones and just like mindlessly consuming content all day. I don't think we know enough about what's happening in China, but there's a strong argument, right? That like, because TikTok doesn't exist as is, the the Chinese have allegedly set all of these like, you know, 40 minute limits on smartphones for people under the age of 13 or 18 or whatever it is. Um, and I think that that's probably good. Um, but on the other hand, I think that, you know, parents need to have more control, especially over their like younger kids in terms of like how much screen time and how much content they're consuming. And again, if, if TikTok about, went away sorry, tomorrow, I want to, can I interrupt yeah. you for a second? But like, what about the election coming up next year? Does it not concern you at all that 150 million U.S. people use this app daily and we have no idea if China can control the content and push for an election outcome in their direction? I just don't think it'll matter. I think I think the I think the U.S. is like it already has so many groups focusing on that, right? Like there are there are like 
you know, tons, an unknown quantity of people that are working at big tech companies in the U.S. that are uh, pushing for that to happen. I mean, look at what happened at Twitter. Look at what happened at Facebook um, and these major platforms. And I think we don't, you know, all of the um, all of the stuff around like the quizzes and assessments and and kind of understanding users that was happening on Facebook, kind of leading up to the uh, you know, the last two elections that, you know, Facebook got in a bunch of trouble for. Um, I, I think like it is concerning. Um, is it enough to to ban TikTok? Like, yeah, maybe. Again, I feel like, you know, if the government wants to, it it it's probably I, I agree with the rationale that it makes sense to ban TikTok because, you know, China is banning all of our apps and all of our platforms. But um, I just think that TikTok tends to be this catch-all of problems, like, oh, it's going to influence the election. Yeah, as if like there aren't hundreds or thousands of companies that are American companies that are trying to influence the election. True. But the like it's it's as if Russia had an app and Vladimir Putin could control what American consumers see regarding political information. Now it's just China. I I I don't know. I mean, you the the race next year is going to be weird. I don't even know who's going to end up running on each side. But if China says, "Oh, this president is going to do more trade with us, and they're going to be friendlier to us, and they're going to be our ally," why would you not? If you have a platform that gets in front of 150 million eyeballs a day, like why would you not push for an outcome that's in your favor? And we would have no idea whether they're doing it or not. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that over the next year, I'm a lot more concerned about like deep fakes in general than I am about TikTok specific content. And maybe a lot of those deep facts get mm. deep fakes get disseminated through TikTok. And that becomes the problem is that like, it's a insanely viral platform where a lot of these things happen. But again, like, are they going to be pushing pro DeSantis hot Spanish teachers in the algo? I don't know. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think, you know, maybe, Hey, that DeSantis is looking pretty good. But, but even, even with deep fakes, you need, the distribution and TikTok has that. So yeah, you'll create, I mean, I agree. I think deep fakes are going to be a, in the next two years, we're going to have no idea what's real or fake on the internet. <laughs> and the problem is that TikTok can serve all of that to you. I think, I think that the, the, we're, the people we're so worried about political manipulation and stuff like that. And one of the things I do with my 13 year old son is we send each other TikToks. He just sent me a TikTok video about Dexter, the balancing dog. <laughs> there ain't no political manipulation going on there. And evidently Dexter is a dog that you will stand still while you balance things on his head. Here, here you see oh, with a great. tiny dinosaur on his head. <laughs> that's great. No, well, nobody that's because but, your kid probably doesn't care about the 2024 election. Or hot Spanish teachers. Doesn't care about any of those things. Like nothing Not important. Yet. Uh, I mean, the reality though is sometimes, I mean, he sent me like a couple conspiracy theory type videos. And uh, he's like, look at this conspiracy theory going on that Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And I'm like, okay, well, like parenting moment, like, let's talk about this. Uh, like, like, you can't trust everything you read on the internet. You know, like there's all kinds of stuff, you know, this Twitter guy, Chris Bakke, putting together these <laughs> fake story, news stories. You don't know what you can trust. You just don't know. Yeah, I don't like that other people other than myself are spreading misinformation on the internet. That's concerning to me. But you know, TikTok. I, you well, know, I, I think the other the other thing with elections though is is you know I was just looking at this. The number of eighteen and nineteen year olds that are using TikTok in America, it's like seventy percent of eighteen and nineteen year olds. It's like ten percent of sixty year olds, right? So the people that actually vote in this country, I mean, it, it is concerning. Regardless, mm -hmm. I will I will certainly concede that. But I think that also. Um, these like very young people who aren't voting 
regardless in elections. Okay, if they're going to be super influenced one way or another, it's not as big of a deal as it would be if if this kind of misinformation is happening on Facebook, where everybody who's you know sixty plus uh, is is spending all of their time. Spin it out. Get it owned by Americans. Look, if I'm going to get mind controlled, I want to be mind controlled by Americans and American government. I agree. I, Project. I Texas. want. I want the illusion of freedom to come from my own country, <laughs> not from somebody else's country. Well, let's go. I'll end this episode on on a thought experiment. What if we took TikTok and we sold it? To ethical capital partners, and it could be a sister company of Pornhub. Merge it with Pornhub. <laughs> Merge it with Pornhub. Wow, that was a sound effect. There we go. Merge it with Pornhub. Uh, we can blend the two, perhaps. Like maybe some porn is occasionally sprinkled into the algorithm, and ethical partners will become very rich and successful. Maybe we take this. Maybe we do take this podcast down like the same path the acquired guys have gone, where they like go deep into some business for like two hours. And I, the I first no business we got to do, do is how is Pornhub not a scam? Like that's the very first one we do. Ad revenue. Like, uh, look, here's the first reason you know it's kind of sketchy. It's located in Montreal. Mm. That's how you know it's. That's mm. not even America. That's like France, America. That's true. If I want my porn served to me <laughs> and manipulated me, I need it to be an American company. Oh, Pornhub <laughs> needs to spin out and launch Project Houston, Texas. <laughs> we need. To, we need first. We need to work on getting Facebook cleaned up. Then TikTok. Then we got to get this Canadian incestuous, terrible <laughs> invasion thing fixed. And have those guys down here. We got to naturalize that. I don't need uh, no is, foreign company knowing my porn preferences or those of my fellow Americans. Uh, it is crazy <laughs> when you look at the numbers like those sites do. Have you ever looked at like the DAUs like, and number stuff? One. Like, yeah, isn't it the isn't it the second largest oh. site? Yeah, I shouldn't it's search for this. Unbelievable, on unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Alex, you're. you're by the way, do this in incognito mode because it's going to ruin your, phone. your ads, phone. your ad, your cookies for the next six months. Um, but like, like you look at the DAU numbers and it's ridiculous. I mean, just like, it's insane. So that's so funny. Uh, real quick, total random aside. So I saw a chiropractor this morning and it reminded me of one of the best chiropractors that I've seen when I was living in Sydney, Australia. So I went on Google and to go find Bumble this chiropractor. Flips. And uh, he's now famous on TikTok. My chiropractor from Sydney, Australia has 3 million followers on TikTok and he cracks backs all day. And I emailed him and I was like, holy shit, Dr. Cody is his name. I was like, I don't know if you remember, I saw you when I was living in Sydney and now you're famous on TikTok and, uh, and I'm kind of famous on Twitter. And he just wrote me back <laughs> and he was like, certainly a lot has happened since we last saw each other. What's your Twitter handle when you come into Sydney for another crack? My life is a I movie, guys. That's wild. <laughs> okay, you know that's quackery, right? Are we are we straightforward? It's quackery. What the crack chiropractic? My dad's a chiropractor. That it's quackery. I'm not even trolling you. My dad's a chiropractor. <laughs> oh, uh, your dad sounds like a great guy. It's quackery. <laughs> no, it's not at all. Oh my god, this is gonna be that next episode. Stay I will tuned argue for with you for two. 45 minutes. You could go back to the origin story. It's quackery. I had shoulder pain earlier this week from pulling my old man self out of proportion at the gym and I went and saw a chiropractor and now three to four days later I am doing great. It's either that or the Ozempic, one of the two. <laughs> it's either that or the methamphetamines. I can't figure it out. <laughs> no, chiropractic is not a scam. It's not for everyone, but it, it does work wonders.
Quite die on that hill. All right. On <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we shouldn't argue about it if that's what your dad does. <laughs> I'll bring him on. I've, to the next I've never, I've never been to one. So man. yet again, I can be like the guy who's never used TikTok. That's yeah, TikTok's great. Yeah, chiropractors, chiropractors are great. Yeah, what's the problem? I'm excited for this. <laughs> Eat some salads. Gosh darn it. That's all I have to say about that. Stretch. All right. If you enjoyed this or at least found it somewhat entertaining or you feel sorry for us, any of those three are fine. Please take this episode and send it to one friend and say, you know what? These guys have some interesting perspectives and I think you should subscribe on all of your devices and all of your friends' devices to download every episode when it comes out. So just do that for us. The content is free, but that's the ask. And all you got to do is take two minutes if you've enjoyed the amount of time we spent on this. So thank you um, all for being here.